Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time for 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, 49ers faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys today. And we are going to do something weird today. Could you imagine this? We are going to actually finally start talking some 49ers quarterbacks. Now, you know me. (laughs) The amount of uh, emails and DMs I get of people laughing at me because they realize I'm doing my I'm doing my best to not talk about the quarterbacks every episode because it's all speculation and all those things, right? Well, this episode's not going to be like that. We're talking quarterbacks finally because we finally have information, new information about those quarterbacks. I, I think the 49ers did something that's never been done in the history of the NFL before. They had a press conference with all three quarterbacks talking to the press. It's absolutely bananas. Uh, No team has ever done this before where you have three quarterbacks talk to the freaking press. It's just weird. We're at weird times, ladies and gentlemen. So, and and again, back to to my earlier point, uh, I think this is episode 857. Uh, I probably need to look that up because I might have been off. Uh, Because if you haven't yet, we have been doing our 90-man roster series. We started that. Oh, no, this is 859. I just looked it up on iTunes. So this is episode 859. And so I'm working in the 90-player roster countdown, which is funny in and of itself because we have 91 because we've got the international roster exemption with Gutierrez. Um, But those are coming in too. So this is episode 859. And we're going to hear, I got clips from all three quarterbacks and Kyle Shanahan. We're going to be going through all those things. Uh, Excited to have everybody with me, man. I freaking, I, I love it. And l- listen, I do want to give credit to Matt Mayoko, Matt Barrows. Uh, a lot of these OTA reports, they're there. And so you get some of this stuff. So let's get out of the way. And I probably shouldn't even say that way. I think these things are just as important as the quarterback. Um, <laughs> JC, uh, John Chapman. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not like that other guy you mentioned, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tommy. I really do appreciate it. Um, hey, JC. Um, we got some Jesus Christ superstar fans in the house. Anybody? Anybody? No? All right. Um, but shout out to Mayoko and Barrows. Yeah, they're doing great work. Barrows put up an awesome article this morning on the athletic. Um, you know, I have no ties to that or whatever, but I just thought he did great work. And so if you want to know some of the ins and outs of OTAs, go check that out. But not everybody showed up. Uh, players that are not present, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Trent Williams, Debo. You've got these 
veteran players that are all pro level or have been all pros. They don't usually show up. Those guys don't usually show up. Hufanga and Ray Ray, um, I think that they were there but didn't practice. Quantrez Knight, you know, 49ers rush his own. I'm a big fan of that guy. Had a cast on his hand on the sideline. Didn't like that too much. Now the kickers, um, Zane Gonzalez and Nick Moody had identical days. They only kicked like four actual field goals, which is weird to me. Um, both of them made 33-yarder, a 38-yarder, 43-yarder, and both missed a 48-yarder. So they're neck and neck, but make no mistake, this is Jake Moody. He's going to be the guy. But, yeah, I don't think that's a good or a bad thing currently. Yeah, you want him to make all the field goals, but not too worried about that. Um, again, players that stood out, Isaiah Oliver, which I just freaking love. Um, and I, this is going to be a pretty – Audio clip heavy episode with, you know, Steve Wilkes, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, we're going to hear Trey Lance. We're going to hear Brock Purdy. Going to hear some Sam Darnold. So th this episode might be longer. I don't think people are going to be too upset at that. But I want to make sure that the conversation is a back and forth between what we're seeing on the field, our interpretation, and what we're hearing from the coaches. That That's the, right, this triangular, uh, Phil Jackson, baby. Triangle, baby. Uh, we're setting it up. So here were Steve Wilkes' comments, the new defensive coordinator, on Isaiah Oliver and why they pursued him so strongly and what they're excited about with him. Uh, Oliver is someone that I had the opportunity to go against being in that division. And, you know, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen in free agency with Jimmy. And, and when then that didn't happen, you know, we wanted to make sure that we sort of got the best, you know, nickel in free agency, and that's what we went out and did. So I'm excited about Oliver. He's long. Uh, he's physical, uh, can tackle, can cover. Uh, he's going to be a good blitzer for us. Everything that we do within the it's, – It's so, like, the fact that that's showing, right, the first time they get out there and just do seven on seven. It's not even full teams, whatever else. But the fact that he led the team in pass breakups already day one, that's huge. That That is a very, very important because – if you could solidify those roles, injuries will take place. But Demo outside, Charvarius Ward outside, Isaiah Oliver inside, that's a pretty formidable three. Is it top five in the NFL? No, but it's definitely not bad. Uh, Nick, yeah, he says, heard the Michigan wide receiver look good. Breezy should be happy. I'm excited about that. We'll be on Breezy's show early, early in the morning Friday like we always are. Excited to talk about that. But, yeah, Breezy, uh, <laughs> he likes those Michigan guys. So you had Jake Booty, who had a good day. A lot of people said that he had some good snags. Uh, Braden Willis had a one-handed catch, which was awesome. Um, I finished this morning a Cameron Law 2 breakdown against my horns. I'm representing the Texas Longhorns. So I went back and did a breakdown this morning. That's going to be available to all Patreon members tomorrow morning. Uh, I've got so many films loading that my YouTube is just like a mess. So I'm, I'm long story short, dog woke me up about three o'clock this morning. So I just started recording. I couldn't go back to sleep. So <laughs> just started working and recording breakdowns, which is so freaking fun. Um, so anyway, I've got some Patreon stuff that's backloaded there. That'd be available tomorrow morning. Uh, the Cameron law to breakdown against Texas. Didn't really find a lot of new stuff out of it. It was more of the same. Um, but anyway, I'll allow that to you process through that film. I think it was like 28 minutes. It was fun. And if you haven't yet, go check out our Patreon, man. Uh, 49ers and Patreon. Just Google those. We're the first one that pulls up. 
Or if you want to, go to patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast. Uh, we got a seven-day free trial up over there. You can go check it out. Plus, tonight, I'm excited about this. We are continuing with our 1994 uh, 49ers season watch parties. Every Wednesday, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we've got 49ers versus the Rams tonight. And so many of the games have just been blowouts. Tonight's going to be a, a close game, so a very competitive game because Niners are just blowing everybody out. This one kind of went back and forth. Uh, I don't, don't want to spoil too many of the details, but we'll get to that. So go check out Patreon if you haven't yet. Come hang out with us on Zoom. Have a good time. Uh, we, we always get off task and talk about other crazy stuff as the game's going on, but it's just fun. It, it's just a good time. Um, so yeah, another thing that I thought was interesting, again, I don't want to go through a lot that's in these articles because I want you to go support those guys. They do a hell of a job. But Marcelino McCrary Ball, the, the, the things I don't care that much about seven on seven completion percentage or, you know, all that stuff. I care about rotations and I care about where players are backing up other players. For example, the linebacker rotations strong, especially whenever you drafted D Winters and Jalen Graham. I, I think that's that's important. But where are they going to play? Marcelino McCrary Ball was getting the Mike linebacker snaps, you know, behind Fred Warner, which I think is interesting because I think, again, if, if you've been listening to the show as I've been breaking down all these rookies, I've said D. Winters is going to be a will. He's going to be behind Greenlaw. He's <laughs> they're the same damn person, build whatever else. And Jalen Graham, I want him behind the Sam, the number three spot. And so far, all those things have happened. Oren Burke, so if you're starting three linebackers, You've got, you know, the mic is Fred Warner, Will, Dre Greenlaw, Sam, I think it's going to be Oren Burks. And then you have a whole second rotation, Marcelino McCurry Ball, Mike, D. Winters, Will, Jalen Graham, Sam. Um, you're, you're too deep there. And we haven't even mentioned Curtis Robinson, who made the 53-man roster last year straight up over Marcelino McCurry Ball, right? So... I think there's a lot there just with the linebacker watch uh, just to see these rotations. I think that's so key, so important. So uh, that's where we're at with that. Now, okay, here we go. I know you're all excited. Let's transition. <laughs> Let's get to these damned quarterbacks. Um, Daryl, thank you for, so much for the super chat, man. He says, what does Trey Lance unlock on offense with his arm? JC, okay. Uh, we've got our first contribution in question. Let's do that. I, I wasn't sure which order I wanted to go with these quarterbacks. If if you want to look at the order in which the quarterbacks talked yesterday, it was Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. If you want to know the rotations and OTAs, Trey Lance took all the quote-unquote first-team reps. Don't look too much into that. OTAs is... Once you get to team 11 on 11 football, that is when you should pay attention to the snap during OTAs, not during OTAs. But for people that want to look into that stuff and draw your own conclusions, that is there. So back to Daryl's question. And I, I think there's been a lot on social media about, you know, whether Brock Purdy is a dink and dunk quarterback. And all this is going to answer your question, Daryl, by the way. I'm just trying to round out the argument to cover all bases, okay? I don't believe – shoot, let, let's 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 draw this out. Let's do this correctly. We saw a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense with one of the lowest 
you know, air yards, a dot, average depth of target, by far one of the lowest in the NFL. It, when Drew Lee, when Drew Brees retired, it was just Jimmy Garoppolo, it, lowest in the NFL. Drew Brees was the only one that was lower than him, but whatever. Jimmy Garoppolo, dink, dink and dunk, never threw it over twenty yards. Then you get to Brock Purdy. He put more air on the ball than Jimmy Garoppolo did. There's no doubt about it. Now, was is Brock Purdy a 40-yard pass thrower? No, he's not. And I don't think that you have to be that in the NFL. We all love the highlights of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and these guys that are just freaking chunking the ball like crazy. That That's not normal. <laughs> that's not normal. Unless you got, you know, Jamar Chase and you're Joe Burrow, whatever else. But I, I digress. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The 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 targets in which defenses had to cover going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy, they had to back up a little bit. Not a lot. Not so much with your safeties, but you had to you had to respect the 15 to 20 yard type passes that that was very evident i don't consider brock purdy a dink and dunk guy and i even saw you know kurt warner jumped in and said no he's not a dink and dunk guy and whatever else i like kurt warner a lot but he's going to go to the defense of the player every single time he's very consistent with that he's such a positive dude um shout out to kurt warner i i, I think he's awesome um I, I just think he's a great human but i i don't take his critique and or analysis towards a lot of quarterback talk very deeply, I guess, because he's just such a cool dude. He's just such a nice guy. He's not throwing shade. And so if, if he believes somebody was a Dinkin Dunk quarterback, he might not say anything. I don't know. I don't think Dinkin and Duncan's a bad thing. I, I mean, we, we are fans of the team that invented the West coast offense. Is this the West coast offense? Kyle Shanahan would say no. Now, whenever you look at the difference between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, or I would argue this, Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold in Trey Lance because similar to Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy, I put Sam Darnold and Trey Lance in that same hemisphere or category or tier of guys that like to air the ball out. They throw the ball deep way more often. And now we're into that 30 to 40 yard throws. That's just not Brock's game, just like it wasn't Jimmy's. Can they throw the ball 40 yards? Yeah, they could probably throw the ball 55-plus yards. Almost anybody. Like, one year for a uh, uh, fantasy football league, we did a punt-pass-kick competition, right? Um, and so you, you like, stand, you throw the ball as far as you can, you kick the ball as far as you can, you punt the ball as far as you can, you add up those yards, who gets first? Well, just so everybody knows, John Chapman got first, 100%, baby. Uh, you ain't messing with me. You ain't messing with me. But I can't throw the ball for, uh, for anything. Um, but I can throw the ball over 50 yards, and I have, like, no arm. Can you do it consistently and accurately and on target and all those things? That is where the advantage 
There we go. But <laughs> Trey can throw the ball out of the stadium if he had to. Yeah, I still believe this. I think Trey Lance has probably a top five arm in the NFL as far as just power and strength and whatever. Uh, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Um, so all this to go back to your question, Daryl, and then I want to focus on Trey Lance's comments and Kyle Shanahan's comments about him. It changes the way you play defense. It changes it. You have to have deep outside integrity, whether that's through a cover two or playing off man. You have to. It's pretty damn difficult to press man with a single high safety with a guy like Trey Lance there. And I would probably argue with a guy like Sam Darnold there. Darnold will air the ball out. He's got an arm. Um, so it's different. You have to play different things. Uh, look at this. Troy Polamalu says, John Chapman is the Andy Reid of football slash throwing kicking challenges. Look at that. Andy Reid kind of found his whole thing through punt pass kick competitions and right up the road from where I'm at here in Los Angeles currently. Um, he, he's got the high school stadium named after him over here. But uh, yeah, he was that was like his thing. He was a punt pass kick uh, competition. Uh, anyway, it was me versus 11 dudes and none of us were really athletes, but, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I don't remember who I picked first that year, man. It was a long time ago. I don't remember who I picked, but anyway, I, I need to go back and look at the records there, but let's transition now. Let's talk about Trey Lance. And again, I haven't talked quarterbacks, guys. That, that So I know a lot of people are. That's nothing wrong or right or whatever. I just haven't felt the need to because there was no new information. I want to focus on the new, okay? What did Kyle say? What did Trey say? Let, let, let's, let's bounce those things back and forth, okay? And to, to understand this whole freaking thing, this is weird and I hate this, it starts with this damn finger, <laughs> <laughs> because Trey's finger, he hit it on a helmet his rookie year, never healed correctly. He couldn't straighten it out and all those things. And Trey was asked, and here, we'll go with Kyle Shanahan first. They asked about Trey Lance and his finger and the form and the throwing and the accuracy and how all these things go together. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about Trey Lance and his finger recovering. I think it impacted him a ton because he had adjusted during the season just to be able to get through and adjust how – you know, he was healthy, but it didn't heal healthy. Um, so he had to change how he played in the middle of the year um, while mainly taking scout team reps and being prepared as a number two, except for a couple games. Um, so going to the offseason, have to recorrect that. I think it took him all offseason. Um, so he worked at recorrecting that throughout the whole offseason. And then he was just thrown into practice with us um, going into this year. That was corrected um, throughout last year, his grip and everything. And um, so I thought he got to go in this time with his time away just – he knew what he had to focus on. He, he had known what he had struggled with. He had known what he had done good with. He'd gotten to see two different quarterbacks playing our offense two different ways. And I just think his time away was a lot more deliberate and in a position where he knew what he could isolate on, which I think helped him compared to last year. Baby steps. And again, I, I, people shared that Steve Smith comment with me uh, so many times, which I appreciate that. Like Steve Smith, Steve Smith, you know, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame as wide receiver. One of these just apex competitors of, you know, <laughs> a long time. I had a buddy that played in the NFL that I coached with. And, you know, he was a prominent, you know, prominent football player in college, prominent player in the NFL. I don't want to put his name out there. But I asked him, like, man, who was the toughest player you played against? Dude played corner in the NFL. And he goes, oh, Steve Smith. He goes, I had to play against him 
in high in college, and I had to play against with the NFL, and there was just nothing I could do. He was smaller than me, but I, there was just nothing I could do. I love Steve Smith. Love his attitude. He's a Niners fan. He's awesome. He, he came out with his comments like, you know within five minutes is somebody's the guy, right? He was referencing Brock Purdy as the guy. No problem with that. But he was also referencing Trey Lance ain't it. If you ain't seen it yet, you ain't seen it. And I'm sitting there just saying, huh, it's pretty weird to discount a player at 22 years old. That's the last time we saw Trey play was 22. You're discounting him at that point? That's weird to me, especially whenever we already talked about a guy like Kurt Warner, right? If you did, What would happen if you discounted him at 22? What would happen if you discounted Steve Young after his first three years? What I mean, you can go on and on and on the list there. NFL people develop. That's just the way the NFL goes. That's a good thing. Now, let's hear from Trey Lance. And a lot of stuff was made about Lance working with homes and throwing coaches and all that stuff. Trey Lance is one of the hardest workers, period, in the NFL, not just the 49ers. But here's a quick clip just on him talking about working with Patrick Mahomes and kind of what that did. Um, learned a ton. Like I said, I was able to focus on the right things, uh, just having a, a better idea. Again, even better this year coming into year three of, of what is expected of me, how to run the offense, being able to watch Jimmy and Brock uh, play at such a high level this year. Um, but for me, being able to be around Pat uh, was awesome. Just pick his brain, uh, learn about just the type of guy he is, how he spends his free time uh, off season, and then more about his in-season schedule as well. I like that. Um, and again, Trey took all the first team reps the last, you know, the first two days of OTAs. Shanahan said it's going to even out with him and Sam and whatever else and all that stuff. But again, it, we were talking about the finger. That's not the most important thing. I, I said this on the John and Wayne show yesterday. Most important thing is everybody talks upper bodies with quarterbacks. It, it's about lower body. And one of the issues, back to Daryl's comment, you talk about the arm that Trey Lance brings. The mobility that he brings is huge. However, it also brings a downside. And that's in the throwing base that you need to have available as a mobile quarterback. Because if you're running and then you decide to throw, you got to switch up your, your base, right? That's the idea. And when Kyle Shedahead talked earlier this year, he said, the thing that Trey has improved the most, or at least one of the things he's seen that's improved the most, is his base with his legs. And he was asked he was asked to expand on that. Here's a 30-second clip real quick of Kyle Shanahan talking about what it means and why it's so important for a player to have a good base and why Trey has that now. It means playing with your feet wider apart, always being in a position to throw. When you're a quarterback, your feet aren't together. Um, when you turn into a runner, your feet are together and you look to run but then it takes you a second and a half to throw where defenders can tee off on and things like that. And um, it's about always being in, having to be in a certain position to throw in. Um, so when the O-line is bad, you're not one of those guys who's just going to get sacked every time the O-line's bad. Uh, you know how to get rid of the ball or you know how to turn into a runner and go. And that has to do with how you balance your feet out, how far you keep them apart, and how you can progress in a pocket. Just the simple things of transitioning from a mobile quarterback to a throwing stance and all that, all those things. Accuracy starts below, not above the waist. That's just the fact. It's the facts. The first thing that you ever do with the quarterback, you get them together and you work on the feet, you work on the base, you work on the hips, you work on right that Dak twist that he quote unquote made famous. Like, I don't know why that caught on, but that should be around. And, and I think that's what's important there. 
Now, with Trey Lance, this is key. This is so important to me. And it's so weird how people just, like, turn and hate certain players. I hate that. I I hate that people hate on players. Uh, But it's weird. Wherever Trey Lance ends up, whether it's with the Niners or somebody else, whether he's first string, second string, third string, traded, I, I don't give a damn. This is a great kid. Just turned 23. Trey Lance isn't looking for anything to be handed to him. He was drafted. They traded up and drafted him third overall. He never was looking for that. He's not trying to take anything away from, you know, Brock Purdy or any any of that stuff. Listen to Trey Lance talk about what he wants. What's his goal? How do you not like this kid? Listen, if you hear nothing else today, whether you're a Niners fan or not, listen to the mindset, the language. This is something to get behind. Uh, nothing's changed for me. Um, been able to focus on a lot more uh, things that are going to help me. Uh, I'd say this offseason versus just focusing on, you know, trying to get back to as healthy as I could last offseason. Um, as far as the stuff with Brock, I mean, that's the uh, same thing I told you guys last year at the end of the year. Uh, my opportunity is just to come in to compete, and that's all I wanted. Um, so for me, I don't want to take anything away from Brock, and no one should be able to take anything away from Brock. Uh, he did what he did last year, and he deserves all the credit in the world for it. Uh, like I said, for me, I just wanted an opportunity to compete. That's so cool, man. Uh, entitlement is like one of my least favorite traits in somebody, whether they think you know they're entitled because of their job or their position or their what. Like I, I don't. It's just I don't like it. <laughs> um, I don't like it. This is a kid that doesn't have that. He hasn't shown that not once. Uh, not once. And so this is somebody to get behind. This is somebody to be excited about. Is he going to be starting games for the 49ers in two years? I don't know. There's nothing that has come out of OTAs, these press conferences, or anything that would suggest that or not suggest that. That's okay. What I do know is this is a quality individual that's working his tail end off at every facet that he can. He's got to stay healthy. You had the broken ankle. You had the finger right? He's got all that stuff, the arm soreness, all those things. You talk about all those things. He's just got to get a chance and he's got to show it in the game. You can show it during training camp, OTAs, preseason. We got to see it during the game. And until we do, he's not going to be regarded as the guy, right? The leader in the clubhouse. I hope he figures it out. I I really, really do. Now, let's transition. Let's go to uh, Brock, let's talk about the man himself. And he's awesome, man. He's just such a good dude. Now, uh, I got to start with this Shedahead clip because this just cracks me up. Shedahead always has these like one to two comments that are just like, dude, why would you say those things? Not try to be mean to Shedahead or like critique him. It's just like, what the hell, man? This is the best. I just laughed. And it's funny because whenever I record these clips off of YouTube, whenever the press conferences go go live, I always forget to mute my my external mic, right, that I'm talking into now. So I have to re- record the computer audio and not my audio. So the first time I went to record this clip, I recorded it, and you hear me in the background just like, what the hell? <laughs> like <laughs> laughing. So I had to delete that. I probably should have kept it, but I, I had to delete that, turn off my mic, go back, then re-record it because he just says things that are just outlandish. So here we go. 
talking about Brock and the timeline and when he's going to be back. Shanahan, do your thing, my friend. It's not really a moving target. It's that only God knows, and it's all estimates. So it depends what quote people have got from me. But, I mean, we're hoping for week one, and I feel pretty optimistic about that. Um, that's what we're hoping for. He'll be ready to play in week one, and um, usually that doesn't mean that's the day he comes back. Usually you got to come before that to make that goal, and that's kind of the goal we're hoping for, and don't have any reason to think differently. I, I wanted to title the show Only God Knows the 49ers. Uh, probably should have went with that one, but whatever. Only God knows, uh, which, all right, that's cool. But, like, there are things to take away from that that clip. And, and I'll say this, and I've been screaming this from the start. Everybody wants Brock Purdy updates. Guess what? That first checkup still hasn't happened. It's supposed to happen next week, and I've been screaming it the first week of June. Like, it, it's funny. We have this uh, – we did this banner – a long time. Let me see if I can find it. There it is right here, Clayton. Like, look at the bottom of the screen. I've got the dates, right? May 22nd, OTAs. Purdy starts throwing first week of June. Like, I haven't changed this. Clayton hasn't changed it. This We set this from the day the surgery happened. Nothing's changed. The timeline has been there. But we all want to act like this is, like, new news, and I get it. New stuff is fun. But, like, no. The timeline has been the timeline. Nothing's changed. Purdy starts throwing the first week of June. If everything goes according to camp, guess what? Purdy will be 100% the last week of August. Look, it hasn't changed. Fourth week of August, Purdy can be cleared. That's what it has been. Can he heal ahead of schedule? Yes. But we always knew you wouldn't know anything until after 12 weeks. Well, 12 weeks ends next week. We'll see then. So then the question turns to, well, what the hell has Brock been doing? <laughs> because he looks good. And just because your elbows hurt and all that stuff and healing, that doesn't mean you're not doing anything. People assume like, oh, if you can't throw, you can't do anything. No, no, no. Brock Purdy couldn't throw in the NFC Championship. He was still out there taking snaps and handing off and all that stuff. So he's still working. And one of the questions that was asked was, man, what's your offseason been like with the fact that you can't throw? And so here's Brock, the man, freaking the leader in the clubhouse, as he's been called. Um, guy, such a stud. I like this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's just been sort of new to me. You know, it's my first time going through a, a rehab from a surgery and, and all that. And so, um, you know, it's the off season, so it was you know fine doing the workouts and everything, getting back into it. But then once you see guys starting a practice and the, and stuff like that, and watch, and it's like, man, you want to be out there um, for sure. That's just the competitive side of it. But um, you know, I'm still able to, you know, watch the film, be in the meetings, learn and grow and, and see what I did last year and learn from the good and the bad. So um, still taking a lot of good things out of the offseason. Mental reps are key, especially with somebody that's, you know, he played in eight games and was freaking straight fire. But definitely you can grow into that. The, the thing that stinks is last year he wasn't getting the first team reps because he was the number three quarterback, right, or number four quarterback in certain situations. This year, he's not going to get those either. Because, again, back to that timeline, you're you're talking best-case scenario is third week of August. You're missing the first three weeks of training camp. No matter what, even if he's Wolverine, he's still missing that, that time. Can he start throwing? Yes. What's that going to look like? We'll see. 
Next week is the time where you can start doing the throwing motion with golf balls. And people are like, oh, he's throwing a towel. No, no, no. That's not what you do with the towel. You do the towel to, like, practice handoffs and all that stuff, reads, going out, play action. You're taking the ball. Like, you're not doing the throwing motion too much. That's not happening yet. That will come later on. But you usually put something in the quarterback's hands just so you're not on air. Um just, you know, hand with this ball, hand, you know, hand the ball off with this hand, this hand, both hands. You know, we're working the counter play here. We're doing a pitch play. Like, you you go through all those motions, and it just gives you something in your hand to resemble a ball. It's lighter, right? That's the whole idea. Um, Aaron says he didn't get many reps last year, period. Mostly mental, mental reps leading up to his time as a starter. Right. And so, like, we've seen him come in and have success. You hope that he can do that again. But you don't want that. You want quarterbacks that get reps. I mean, shoot, you're seeing Aaron Donald out there. Or Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers taking reps, you know, first day of OTAs. He got injured uh, or at least, like, rolled his ankle a little bit, but whatever. Um, now, back to Brock Purdy. What's the goal? I thought this was key. I'll play the clip. It's 20 seconds, and then we'll talk through it. This is Brock Purdy on when he wants to be back, which should be obvious, but... I mean, I think... For sure, like my, I feel good. Arm is feeling good. Um, so to say I'm going to be ready by this time or this time, I just, you know, we're not trying to label any kind of timeline like that. For sure, though, like that's a that's a goal, right? To um, we want to be ready for, you know, the season. And um, if that's the case, great. But um, like I said, we're just taking it one day at a time and don't want to say anything that you know we regret. So the question that I want to end, you know, on Brock Purdy with, and then we'll get to some Sam Darnold and questions. And if you got questions, go ahead and get those in the chat, please. Uh, Clayton, he, he's starring these, and we'll bring them up. The idea is this. Week one, if the 49ers had their way, if Kyle Shanahan had his way, Brock Purdy would start week one. The question then becomes more convoluted with, okay, will he be available week one? I think there's a possibility he could be. But just because he's available week one, does that mean he should start week one? I don't know about that. Because if he hasn't had any reps, you don't want to throw people into that situation, especially coming off an injury until they play confidently. I think that's huge. Oh, Mo, what's up, man? Appreciate the super chat. He said, people should understand throwing next week doesn't mean he's ready to go. We won't know how he's doing for weeks until after he's throwing. Right. And you don't start throwing a football. You start with like a foam golf ball. Literally, you start doing this, this motion, um, and then you work your way up. Like, you're not throwing an NFL-sized football for a long time, long time. And there's steps, right? Like, you throw, you wait two days. How's your elbow respond? Is it swelling? Where's the soreness? You go in, make sure everything's intact, all that. Okay, now let's progress. Okay, let's see how that goes. Okay, then go and check it. How's that progress? You keep doing these little small stepping stones into this idea of, okay, now we're good. We can take the next step, next step, next step. All the way up to you're throwing 40 you know, passes a game or a day. It, like it just – it takes time. It takes time. So it's going to take time. And, again, he said he's throwing next week. Right. What's he throwing? Right? You understand? Like, he's not stepping out and throwing post routes to Debo or Ayuk or any of those things. That's not how this goes. That's not how it will go. Um, So, we'll see. I, I, I'll stand by this and nothing that I have heard. It does seem like Brock Purdy is progressing better. But, again, seems. We don't have any doctor evidence. 
scientific, whatever. He just said, feels good. That's the goal. I'm still assuming Trey Lance will start week one. Nothing has changed that trajectory for me. The only thing that will change that is if Brock Purdy is practicing two and a half weeks before opening day. Opening day, guess what? Pittsburgh, September 10th, baby. And we're going to be there. So if he's practicing by, I don't know, August 20th, then I think you could say, all right, cool, we're going to move forward. He's going to start week one. I just don't see the advantage in that. Pittsburgh's got a hellacious defense. I don't think that really factors into your equa- your equation of starting them or not. You know, you, but you want to make sure he's 100%. You really, there's no reason to rush him back week one. There's no reason. And that's why I think Trey makes sense because you get that at, you get the extra of seeing what the hell Trey Lance is because we don't know. We don't know. That's why I want both. That's why I want both those things. Now, we are going to be at Pittsburgh. I'm so excited about that. Man, those tickets are freaking selling, which is awesome. Uh, and if you haven't yet, man, if you want to go to a 49ers game, we got you. Um, shout out to Eric who put this montage together that uh, <laughs> yesterday uh, <laughs> Wade was a little upset about. But here you go. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Go get your tickets. Games is awesome, but what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful joining the community, and we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Now, one of the questions that I keep getting emails about kids are free, 17 and under, free. Oh, you got to pay to get in? Free kids, okay? That is so important to us. I will not go to a facility or tailgate or whatever if kids can't come. We, we've had issues in the past with that, and I have. this is something I believe in because I want to build Faithful for Tomorrow. You don't have to buy a ticket. You literally, if you're 17 and under, just bring kids with you. They get it, all access to everything, raffles, prizes, trivia. I'm trying to set up video games at our home events, all kinds of, like, I want them to be a part of the fan base as something that you could share with your family. And if you want, if you're struggling, like, getting your kiddos to watch football with you, we will solve that problem for you. You bring them to an event. You see all of the people get together, the jerseys, the shirts, the championship rings, all that stuff. You bring them to one of these events, I'm telling you, they're going to become a Niners fan. I'm just telling you. Um, And we will foot the bill for that. So most of these events, we have to pay like a cover for however many people come in, right? We have to pay per person. We're paying for that. That is very important to me that these kiddos – have positive experiences with this fan base so that they can connect with the family and all that stuff. It's just important. Now, games that we got set up, I'm adding more, but week one at Steelers, week five home versus the Cowboys, that's going to be fun. Um, Week seven, Monday Night Football at Minnesota. Week 10, Jacksonville, that's going to be a big crowd. Um, Week 12, Thanksgiving, we're doing a Thanksgiving tailgate, going to be a lot of fun. Get your Thanksgiving Day food with us. And then week 15 at Arizona. Um, we're going to be there as well. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Now, let's get to the ginger himself. Sam Darnold, baby. Um, yeah. He's interesting. And kind of threw a wrench into everything. I'm not saying that as a negative. Like, it's just been interesting. 
Now, why has he not gotten any first-team reps after two days? I, I think this is your answer right here. He's still learning the playbook. It's just been two days. You know, continuing to to learn and, and uh, watch yourself grow as a player. Um, but I think before that, it's it's learning the system. It's, uh, you know, and then once you learn the system, being able to go out there and, and go through a walkthrough in, in phase one and phase two, um, and then phase three, you know, kind of put it all together and uh, go through some seven-on-seven seven and uh, some different team drills that we're doing. So um, I think it's really making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm on it in terms of, you know, all the shifts, motions, checks, all that, all those things and my reads and, and making sure that everything's clear in my head to, uh, to go out there and, and play confidently and play fast. You got to learn the plays. It's a very advanced playbook. He's got the most experience by far. He's 25 years old, so he's older than the other guys. Um, he's been in similar situations for sure, um, you know, as far as offensive schemes, but it's just different. Terminology is different. All those things are just different. Now, will he get those reps? Yeah, I'm sure he's going to get some first team reps. I, I'm not too concerned about that at all. And again, if he plays better than Trey, he should play ahead of Trey. That's simple. One of the things that I do love about Kyle Shanahan is it's a meritocracy um, because you got to earn it. We'll see. Now, the question, let's let's pose this to Kyle Shanahan. What is it that he is looking for in his quarterbacks during this time? 10-second uh, clip, and the first word that gets kind of cut off is he says everything. I'm looking for everything, and then this jumps in. Accuracy, where the ball should go, what play they have. Um, who makes the consistent right play the most, um, who plays the most realistically, that gives you the chance to win. You can tell, like, <laughs> Shanahan already understands. And I think it's hilarious because everybody just wants to talk quarterbacks. It's the most important position in all the pro sports. You have this controversy. Is, is the term quarterback controversy is what you always have? Man, I don't see it that way too much. I guess you could call it a controversy, but – You've got Brock, who is so freaking good. You know, borderline. I don't. He's a top ten quarterback his rookie year. And if that's your baseline quarterback play, that's freaking incredible. And I think that's can Brock be a top three quarterback? I'm not sure, but can he replicate what he's done so far in the league? Man, I sure as hell hope so. And I think he can. And that's incredible. You can win a Super Bowl with the level of play that Brock Purdy had last year. No no questions asked. But the opportunity, right, the quarterback opportunity is you have other very high upside quarterbacks that just need a chance. Well, they get that chance this year, whether that's Trey or Sam Darnold. I don't know. Look at Josh. What's up, Josh? He says, Darnold is a great quarterback, too. I agree. Amazing quarterback three. Been saying that since his signing. Yeah. You look at the quarterback depth charts of the NFL, like, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Like, like okay, here we go. I'm, I'm going to do this for teams, okay? Let's just look at the quarterbacks of these different teams, okay? Let me click off this right here. Do you know who the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills is? It's Matt Barkley. It's Matt freaking Barkley. Miami Dolphins, Mike White. All right, cool. New England, 
Bailey Zappi, who might actually, yeah, we'll see with that one. Um, you know, the Jets, they've got Zach Wilson, whatever else. Baltimore, they got Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson. Like, there, there's not a lot of good Trevor Simeon's the backup for Joe Burrow. Like, I'm putting Darnold with those guys. Cleveland, they've got Sean Watson, Joshua Dobbs, DTR, Kellen Mond. They got four guys. Pittsburgh has three quarterbacks, right? Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph. Houston, Case Keenum, like there's just not a lot of good quarterbacks all over the place. C.J. Beathard's the number two still in Jacksonville. There's just bad quarterbacks all over the place. Jared Stidham's the backup for Russell Wilson. Kansas City, Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine freaking Gabbert is a backup. Who would you rather have, Sam Darnold or Blaine Gabbert? That seems simple. I know I'm going off on a little rant here. Let's look at the backup quarterbacks for just our division opponents. Uh, the Rams, they got Stafford, never graduated Stetson Bennett, Britt Ripien, like not good, right? Arizona, Colt McCoy's their backup. Jeff Driscoll, David Blau, Clayton Toon. They got five damn quarterbacks over there. Ooh, that's gross. And then where is our other team at? I'm not seeing them here. There we go, Seattle. Seattle's got Drew Locke. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. 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 God, no. Um, so, yeah, man. Geno Smith and Drew Locke and Holton Ehlers? Yikes. That is, that's not good. So, yeah, I, I like this room. I, I, I'm cool with it. Mo, he says, uh, appreciate the chat. He says, John, I like you, but you don't really think Brock is going to be a top 10 quarterback consistently, do you? Nah, let's just look at the names ahead of him. I think that his play was definitely top 10 level last year. Let's pull it up. Let's let's look at these. I got all my 1994 um, stuff up currently. Uh, I was doing research all morning for the game we're doing tonight. Okay, let's look at Brock Purdy. Let's look at his numbers. Okay, how did he do versus a lot of these other guys? Man, that's an awesome question. I love this. And again, we're just looking regular season numbers, which he only had five starts. 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. Definitely not bad. 67. Man, I want to look at his entire numbers because I thought, I think it gives us a larger sample size if we look at the, the eight games, right? Because in the playoffs, he threw for three touchdowns and no interceptions. Now, we didn't have any touchdown passes in that Dallas game, but if you put all of his stats together, 16 and four, that's pretty damn good. S 16 and four is pretty damn good, right? That's a four to one touchdown to interception rate. Now, if we look at just kind of what passing leaders did in this touchdown to interception rate, right? How many guys had a four to one ratio? Patrick Mahomes had 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. It's not a four to one ratio, but obviously that's incredible. Was there any other quarterback that had a four to one ratio? Jared Goff, maybe. Uh, he was uh, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's pretty good. He protected the ball well. And so my my question goes to you, Mo, is this, and I, I think I'm saying your name right. I don't know if I do. M-O-U-E. I, li I like the way you spell that. With Kyle Shanahan's system and scheme and the players around him, I don't think it's weird to ask for top 10 quarterback play. Now, again, whenever I say top 10, I'm saying he's like, 
8, 9, 10, 11, 12 quarterback in that range. Do I put him up there with the top five quarterbacks in this league? No. Does he have the skill set to do that? No, I don't think that he does. Can he do what Joe Joe Burrow's the closest thing that you can look at with Brock Purdy? Just body style and skill set, right? Now, Burrow's bigger considerably, right? You, you look at Burrow, he's 6'4, 221. He's four inches shorter and 200 pounds lighter. I'm sorry, not 220 pounds lighter. Like, there's, there's a reason why Brock Purdy went where he did because he doesn't have arm strength. He doesn't have size. He doesn't have speed. That's it. Um, He was one or two in interception-worthy passes. Yeah, a lot of those interception passes were dropped. There's no doubt about it. Every NFL team, you know, every quarterback could say that. But you saw what he did. You saw what he did. He played so damn well. Do I think that he could sustain that in this system? Perhaps. Perhaps. Can he be? And this goes back to my question. I always say this about every NFL team. If you don't have a top five quarterback, you do every damn thing you can to try to get a top five quarterback. Period. I do not like teams being happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. I do not like teams being happy with Kirk Cousins. I do not like teams being happy with Derek Carr. I don't like teams being happy with Ryan Tannehill. I'm not that guy. Now, the difference is, okay, Brock Purdy's that guy. Let's say if you have him as a top 10 quarter or 12 quarterback, 13. Let's put this, okay, let's put this in the chat. Where would you rank just off the top of your head, where is Brock Purdy heading into this season? Is he the 13th quarterback, 16th, 8th, across NFL spectrum, okay? Like, just off the top of your head. Like, you don't have to put all the names to it or whatever else. Where do you put him? Where do you put him and how he played last year? Because here's the difference. I'm not okay keeping a guy that's not a top five quarterback. I want to constantly try to get one, but here's the big but, the, the caveat. He's on a rookie contract. He's the cheapest damn player in the NFL almost. That makes up a lot. Would you rather pay $45 million for Kyler Murray? <laughs> That's funny, man. I love that Kyler Murray got paid. I like everybody get paid. Or would you rather, what, what's, it, what's his cap hit this year? Y'all are going to laugh. Y'all are going to laugh. Oh, man. Brock Purdy's <laughs> cap hit this year. Come on, let's load. This is just stupid. $800,000. $800,000. I, I mean, it's 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 hilarious because there's just... Man, he's all the way down at the freaking bottom. <laughs> he's not making anything, man. Ugh. Now, uh, I'm loving all these comments. I'm seeing nine from Alvin. There we go. We just need the top 15 quarterback to win it all, says Josh. He says he's the top 10 in efficiency, not splash plays. Um, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, middle and turf for further notice. A lot of reasonable takes here. Thomas has him 19th. I'd put him a little higher than that, but there were only nine quarterbacks I would rather have, so that's 10, right? Okay, cool. Brock doesn't even register against the cap. He's not even top 52. Thank you, Judd. The rule of 51, right? It, it, if you're not a 51 cap hit, top 51, then you don't even count. He's a free player, man. Josh says 18 to 20th. Ooh, interesting. 
Um, I don't know. And it's, it's hard to do, right? Like, let, let's look at quarterbacks and we're like, okay, like Patrick Mahomes. Oh, let's just do the obvious ones. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Um, that's seven. That's seven freebies that are like guaranteed. I don't think anybody and their mama is going to take, you know, Brock Purdy over those guys. But then you get into a tier and it's like, okay, is this guy better than that guy? Geno Smith? All right. Kirk Cousins, I think, is better, but not at his price range. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins at $35 million guaranteed or free Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy could be better than Cousins. We know Kirk Cousins pisses down his own leg anytime the bright lights are on. I don't want that. Jared Goff, I know his numbers were great. I'm not paying that guy $30-plus million for Jared Goff-level play. I don't want that, right? Um, let's see here. Tua, Tua plays better. His ceiling's higher. Is he going to be playing after this year? I don't know. Derek Carr, I'm not paying that money for that. No. Dak Prescott turns the ball over so damn much, but Dak Prescott's a better quarterback with a way higher ceiling, but you get all the turnovers, right? And, and so I'm not saying I, I'd, I'd pr take Brock over Dak or anything like that. I'm just saying now we're into let's have a conversation. Brock at his price tag over Dak at his price tag. I think that's simple, right? I don't know, man. It, it You get into these conversations. How do you bracket to create the structured argument to have a logical dialogue to say this is or that isn't? I can spout off so-and-so's the top 10 quarterback all day, right? Your criteria and mine are different. Way different. So, yeah, and, and we don't know what Brock can be. We don't know. We do know that he has limited skill set. We do know he has limited physical traits. Just the size isn't there. Um, and Josh says, man, you got you just got to see what he looks like after the injury. This is all conjecture. And I'm trying to get it all out this episode. <laughs> my, my, my next episode, I'm not talking about a quarterback. I probably will. If there's a question, I will. I, I always will. Uh, but all right, Clayton, um, the man behind the scenes, let, let's, let's jump around to some of these conversations and, you know, different comments that have come through that I want to get to Jason. Love it. Hashtag CC totally stoked for my first road trip driving from Texas to Jacksonville. I've made that drive before you, uh, depending if you're going, uh, up top or down low interstate 20 all the way down to uh 75, I think is what you'll probably end up taking ready to party with Chapman and breezy. Jacksonville is going to be a lot of fun because, like you said, you're coming from Texas. That Jacksonville game is the closest to like eight states. Uh, if you're in the southeast, that's the closest they're coming this year. So yeah, Jacksonville, we're expecting a very, very large party. Nick, he says, bought the flight and hotel for the whole game against the Cowboys yesterday. Let's go. Yes. Freaking love it, man. When the Godfather comes out, everybody has a, has a good time. I don't think anybody... <laughs> I don't think anybody gives away more stuff than me than Nick Parra. That dude, I I I got lessons to learn and just how kind and generous he is. He's the best. He's the best there is. Just such a good dude, man. Can't wait to hang out in person again. Nick, he says, okay, I like this. Let's play this. Let's say hypothetically, this is Nick's comment. Trey Lance is shaky two to three games into the season. 
And by week four, Brock comes back and is ready to go. Do you make the switch or ride with Trey? If if Trey is shaky, you you make the switch. Yeah, I, I make that switch. The only way I'm staying with Trey is if he proves he's the guy. Like, that's it. Like, you got to... Here, this is the the background on this clip is a little rough. This is Kyle Shanahan at the owners meeting, I think about a month ago. Um, he was asked, can Trey win the job back? And I, I kind of align with this. So here we go. I think it's going to be harder for him to. I mean, Brock played in eight games and, you know, Trey had that job going into last season. And if he would have played eight games like that, um, it would no one else would have been able to come in and beat him out. But with Brock being hurt, it does open him up and it does give him, a, give him a chance. Now, I don't know how Brock's going to come back. I don't know exactly when he's going to come back. So, like, it's difficult for Trey to win back this job, but he's got to do it, right? So, if he's just average, it, and I, I'm not even so sure it's about wins and losses, but you got to play some damn good football. You've got to show why. Why did they pick you third? You want to keep this job? Show them. Th that's what you got to do. You can't come back and be average and keep this job over Brock. You can't do that. Now, here's the weird thing is I really think we're going to be seeing both these guys play, and I don't think it's going to be as clear-cut as Trey starts two games, Brock starts the rest of the season. I, I just don't see that. We haven't ha we've had one healthy quarterback season in 10 years. One. That was Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019. We made it to the Super Bowl. I know we all want to say who's week one starter, and I even said that earlier on this show. I think it's going to be Trey Lance. You want to predict who's going to be week four starter? Good Lord, man. Um, <laughs> reach out to me because I don't know. It should be Brock. Should be Brock. But Trey has a chance. What if Sam Darnold goes out there? What if Sam Darnold is actually the guy, and he goes out there and he's incredible? I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not the biggest Darnold guy. I don't know. We've seen some weird things. And as Kyle Shanahan said earlier today or earlier yesterday, only God knows. Ty, the man. I love Ty. He's such a good dude. What do you do if Brock looks more shaky than Trey looked when he comes back? It's a fluid situation. The, the 49ers are not tied in to anybody. You got Sam Darnold on a one-year deal. You got Trey Lance on, you know, the last year of his rookie deal before you decide on the fifth year contract. So you got two years left on Trey. You got three years left on Brock. You got one year on Sam. You're not in cap wise. Like, okay, for example, look at Russell Wilson. I hate that little troll. He was terrible last year. He was like the worst quarterback. He had 16 touchdowns and 11 picks. He was trash. He was so bad, but they're sticking with him. And it's not even a question why, because of all the capital that they traded for him and the contract that they paid him, they don't have a choice. Niners have a choice. It's going to be like Steve Spurrier back in the day, man. You pull quarterbacks if they ain't playing well. And so, yeah, Ty, I, I think that's a good point because we assume we're going to get Brock back at what Brock was, and I hope we do. But you don't know that. That's a small sample size. The Niners bought into a quarterback after five starts beforehand, right? With Jimmy G. Paid him that huge contract, and I ain't even mad about it. We almost got a Super Bowl out of it. I didn't feel like the contract hindered the Niners and how they build this team. or It, it was big at the start, but it was so front-loaded. We had so much space. It worked out fine. I ain't even worried about it. 
Jimmy G's time period was a huge success, in my opinion. Was I frustrated? Did he piss me off? Yeah, he, all of us. All of us. But that was positive. We'll see here. Uh, good question, Ty. Good question, Ty. Josh, he says, Drake Jackson looked good. Uh, but worth, uh, yeah, he added 15 pounds. Yeah, I saw that on there. Shout out to Lombardi, man, who's just been crushing it. Lombardi's, I know a lot of people might not like his consistent takes and all those things, but man, that dude works really, really hard. Um, and I get a lot of, like, I think he does good work. I really, really do. Don't I don't agree with anybody. I don't agree myself all the time. I can sit here and argue with myself all the time, but he put out the, you know, he he got the weight and all that stuff and put that out there. And I think that's huge. And, you know, Wilkes talked about how, guess what? You've got to bulk up. Let, let, let's go back. We started this show with Steve Wilkes. Let's go back. This is Steve Wilkes, the new DC. What did he see with Drake Jackson? Uh, a lot of inconsistency. You know, uh, I saw a lot of talent, a lot of skill set, but someone that needs to really, as he, as I just uh, talked about, get a little stronger, get a little bigger, uh, and he's working hard. So I'm looking forward to him once again taking that sophomore leap. Uh, you know, that that second year and really improving and doing some. So, like, again, you know, this was before OTAs, but the report came out that, you know, he looked good. Defensive line always looks good when you don't have pads on. I'm telling you that right now. It's just that those drills are built for you. Uh, that's just what it is. So, Clayton, we got any more? We wrapping it up. We wrapping it up. This was a fun episode. Right at an hour, uh, which I like. We're efficient, baby. Um, come party with us tonight, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, watch the 49ers versus the Rams back in 1994. Let's have some fun with that. Um, lots of Patreon videos. Go check it out yet. That's the lifeblood of this show, man. Uh, supports it, feeds the family, all those things. Go check it out if you haven't yet. We've got so much content up over there. It's bananas. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Next show, hopefully not too quarterback-centric. I know that this can get draining. And so we we held back the floodgates. We let it all out. Our therapy session is, is done. It is concluded. And I'm just going to say this. Uh, I want to recommend something before I jump out of here. If you haven't watched Chimp Empire yet on Netflix, go check it out. I, I want to start a like a Chapman's recommendation uh, at some of these episodes. Uh, so anyway, go check that out. Let me know what you think. And bring your tissues because it gets real. I'm just going to say that. But thank you, Clayton, the man behind the scene. He's incredible. Uh, our executive producers, 49er George, 365, Kilted Niner, Philip K, David G, Timothy R., you guys are the best there is to make this all happen. And until next time, stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.